Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everybody watching on Facebook Live. We're going to give this a try today with our trusty cameraman, Alex Cornett. You know, I really don't know what it's like. What it's like to, to want for something so desperately. To want for, for something that you feel you're called to do. Something that is tied up with the very essence of your identity. The wanting of a mother who wants a child is unique in all ways of wanting. It's something that that um, that I've tried to I've tried to I've tried to imagine this week as I've read the text and studied the text. I've tried to put myself in the place of Elizabeth, and I just can't come up with something that equals that. And then I put myself in the place of Mary where something totally unexpected, something you had no idea about, something you had no intention of wanting, at least in that time and in that way, is suddenly thrust upon you. And there, suddenly, you're in a situation. And we have this incredible tension between these two stories today, between the story of Elizabeth and the story of Mary as they come together, greet each other with the children in their wombs, coming from such different places, and yet their sons would walk such a similar path with that. But there's much to be learned from this. Because even if we can't totally put ourselves in that place, all of us can experience similar tensions. All of us have, and all of us will, experience similar longing, yearning for something which seems impossibly out of reach. And then also at the same time, be in those situations where suddenly something is thrust upon us, unlooked for, unanticipated, and yet will change the very direction of our life. So let's look at these stories and read them this morning. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for being here. Thank you for your goodness that we celebrate this Sunday of Advent, this Sunday of joy. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on those that are traveling today in the midst of this weather and bring them home safe to us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, everybody, we want to really thank you for being here. It's a tough morning to get out with the ice and the snow. Uh, we've had to adjust our schedule a little bit. I know, feel free, we, the, the child care was uh, changed today because of the weather. But if you need to use the room for the kids with the toddlers, there's people back there willing to volunteer who will help sit with the kids uh, during that time, or you can keep them in here as we go. And also a special welcome. I know we have at least one uh, viewer from Lithuania on this morning, which I'm very excited about on our Facebook Live event. So those of you that weren't able to get out but are able to watch it, uh, you're welcome. 
Thank you for being here. So Elizabeth sits, and we're going we're gonna to do a very special reading in a minute, but Elizabeth sits with this. Elizabeth, the mother of John, she sits with this wanting. She waits for years. There must have been the excitement of the betrothal and then the giddiness of the marriage night and then looking forward to the soon-anticipated children. And they didn't come. And whether it was things that happened, that, that children, there was the excitement of the possibility of children and they didn't end well, or whether there was never the ability to conceive, we don't know. But season after season, year after year, Elizabeth waited, and she waited. And surely, as the years went by, the shame of it in that culture, the longing for it must have built and must have built but at the same time, do you think she remembered the stories? Do you think she remembered the stories of the miraculous births that had happened before there? Because we've had some, right, up until this point. So, so let's play a little game here, or take a little quiz. Miraculous births, Esther's ears just popped up, she heard game, quiz. <clears throat> miraculous births in the Bible, you ready back there? Justin, with it? So we're gonna flash him on the screen as you, uh, as you call them out. So, where have we seen this before? Where have we seen God intervening and giving children to someone who seems like it was impossible to have? Sarah. Sarah. Exactly. We have, yes. Okay, survey says we have Sarah <laughs> and Abraham. <clears throat> Hannah. We have Hannah. Survey, yes. We have a Hannah. Who else do we have? Well, Jesus, and we're getting to that. Don't jump ahead, Peter. Okay, we're, we're, talking about, we're talking about Jesus and John today, so those two are givens. There's three others specifically that we know. Samson, yes. We don't know Samson's parents, but we do know that Samson was given as a gift. Exactly, yes, the widow that Elijah has. We don't know her name, but she's on there. Who else? Rachel, yes. If you just follow the chronologically a little bit after Sarah, and then we have one more after, uh, or one more with Rachel, who would be Rebecca. Rebecca with that. So here are, here are instances that are leading up to this birth. So let's read the story. Let's see how this came about for Elizabeth and Mary. And I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm geeking out a little bit this morning because Justin Eddy has allowed me to play with his Christmas present. Uh, today. A few years ago, there was a Kickstarter campaign started to produce a reader's version of the Bible. And there are five volumes to this. And I wish you could see it, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to um, speak for Justin to let you touch it, but the paper is actually made of stone. It's a, it's a woodless, fiberless paper with it. 
And the entire text with the Apocrypha is laid out without reference numbers, without chapter headings, in a special font and a special um, translation that they've done with this. And this book is a work of art to behold. And I think it's appropriate because one of the things I want to talk about this morning is re-engaging with this text as a story, as an as a ancient and yet present story, and let it go deep within our imaginations to form that. So I'm not going to show the words, I'm going to show some images as I read from this new text. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came in to her and said, Hail, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this might be. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God shall give him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob until unto the ages. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. And then Mary said to the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know no man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and the power of the Most High shall overshadow you. Therefore also that which is begotten shall be called holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your kinswoman, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, because nothing shall be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold the bondmaid of the Lord, be it to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary rose up in these days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped within her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she lifted up her voice with a loud cry and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And whence is this to me, the mother of my Lord, should come to me? For behold, when the, Lord, when the voice of your salutation came into my ears, the babe leaped for womb in, my jo- for, in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed, for there shall be a fulfillment of the things that have spoken to her from the Lord. The word of the Lord. Zechariah and Elizabeth were obscure and insignificant people. They didn't have any social or economic standing. I mean, yeah, Zechariah was a priest, 
But his home was not in one of the priestly centers. It wasn't in Jerusalem or in Jericho, but in a hick small town in the uplands south of Jerusalem, the historic hill country of Judea. One commentary notes, in our terminology, this couple was from the Ozarks. A hillbilly priest with a peasant wife. Yet just like Mary, Elizabeth finds favor or grace. And not only do we have this announcement of grace, but also of name. Naming ceremonies were incredibly important in these days. And you see, Jesus is the Greek, it's, it's Isus in Greek, which was translated into Latin as Jesus. It's the same in Hebrew as Yeshua or Joshua, which means Yahweh saves. It is important to note that both Jesus and John were common names at the time. Indeed, I've been told that John, in its various forms, is the most common male name in the world. Ivan, Johan, Juan. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if there's a way, but I've, I've read that. And what do you think the most popular feminine name in, the, in, the, in all its various different... It's Mary, exactly. And I thought about this, how appropriate for us as human beings that in a way, we are all commonly John and we're all commonly Mary. We are all John in that we are born to prepare the way of the Lord, to go and proclaim as witnesses the way and to give way that we might decrease, that he might increase. And likewise, we are all married. We are all, care- we are all created to be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, to have Jesus grow in us, to carry Jesus with us, and to bring forth Jesus as witness and ambassadors into the world. This is a story of commonality. This is a story of dirt, of work. This is not some pagan, idolatrous, mythical story of some god on a chariot descending, untouched, unsullied by humanness. This is a story of a god who comes into the most humble of circumstances, the most workaday of people, hairdressers and Walmart vendors, teachers, chiropractors. Jesus comes to us. Jesus comes to us. And you know, we talk all the, all the time about how the Bible is God's story, and no doubt it is. But if we were to find the essence of the big narrative, its deep, pure DNA, surely it is here. This is God's story, utterly surprising, totally supernatural, yet unflinchingly earthly. It upends everything, exalting the lowly, the unlikely, the excluded, growing from the smallest of seeds to overtake the entire universe. 
It sings the song of Genesis and Revelation at the same time. This story holds both of them in counterpoint and also weaves them together in harmony. And we need to let this story be planted into the deepest parts of our hearts and imaginations to nurture it and let it become the root of our own story as well. Now, in the next few weeks, we're going to talk more about how to do that as we reflect on the year that has passed and prepare for the year that has come. But in the meantime, let us know that this text reminds us that God doesn't submit to our timetable. God moves according to a perspective, an agenda that radically supersedes our own. Sometimes showing up long past the time when we expected, even begged God to show up. Other times, starting things rolling way before we feel ready. Sometimes it's both and. I was, I was talking with someone this week about, do you remember the first drive you took by yourself? I mean, Jordan... Have you done this yet, driven by yourself, right? So you've just experienced this. I don't know about, I don't know about you, but I remember, all, man, I wanted to drive so bad. I wanted to drive so bad. Like the first day that I could get my permit, I was down there to get my license, right? And, and I wanted it so bad, and yet the first time I stuck the key in the ignition and turned it, and there was no one in the passenger seat, and I pulled out of my driveway and down the street, I remember thinking, they're not really letting me do this, are they? <laughs> like, like, there's something wrong here. I should not be allowed to do this. This is totally irresponsible. I could drive to Dallas. I could drive to Six Flags. I could drive to Astroworld. I could just go by myself right now. I could go anywhere that I want. I'm behind the wheel. No one's here to stop me. I felt totally unprepared at the same time for something that I had longed for for so long. I don't know, again, I can't experience what Elizabeth experienced in longing. I can't imagine the shock that Mary felt. But what we do see clearly is how they responded. And this is where we join in. This is where we join in the the story is how they responded. The immersion, this immersion into God's story, this understanding that the timing of things is not in our hands. I would suggest to you that the only appropriate response is obedient faith, joyful, obedient faith, together with humble adoration. That is what we see exemplified both in Elizabeth and Mary. They both say in their own ways. Mary says it quite vocally. It's recorded. Elizabeth says it in her reactions. Be it unto us as the Lord wills. Be it unto me as the Lord wills. Y'all, this is not just a passive acceptance, but also an active believing. They receive it with joy, yes, but also knowledge that this word, this event, this experience 
is going to be the thing that changes their life. It's going to change their lives. These births aren't there. These children that are given to them aren't there to make their lives easy or just for them to enjoy. There is so much more going on that is going to change everything for them. How is it with us when we enter into this apprentice relationship with Jesus? Is it just another add-on to an already prosperous or privileged life? Is it something we just kind of tack on to our story? Give it a little color, give it a little flavor. Or even if we understand following Jesus is dramatic, that our coming to Jesus was a, was a rescue from death, was, was an immediate salvation from imminent destruction. Do we understand that this is an ongoing event? It's not just a one-time thing that happened and, and now we go back to living the way we were. Genuinely grateful that we were saved, but losing the effect. You see, eventually the obedience of Elizabeth and Mary is tested in the extreme. The story of these women is profound in its humanity. The joy with which they receive these births is going to be tested as they watch their children be exalted, be popular, and then suffer. Suffer horribly as these women watch. Ultimately, in Jesus... They get to see with their eyes the resurrection, the redemption, the affirmation of what was told by Gabriel. But that's a long time coming, folks. That's a long time coming from this event until they see it. We're meant to learn from this example. We're meant to graft our stories into this one. We're meant to take our longings and find them met as, Mary, as Elizabeth found hers. We're, we're supposed to take our surprise. I believe we're supposed to learn to take our surprise and find how, and find how to respond and how Mary responded. Y'all, this Advent, let's live into God's story in a deeper way than ever before. Ready or not, yearned for or surprised by, God has shown up. And our only reasonable response is humble adoration and joyful obedience. We're going to come take communion now. We're going to have a time to reflect and to pray and to sing and to worship. The worship team will come on up. God has shown up as represented at this table. You may have yearned all week to come and take this table. You may be totally unprepared for it. But he is here. God is here with us. The Holy Spirit is here with us. And Jesus is represented in the 
broken body and spilt blood here, this table. So come today with a deeper understanding. Come today with a heart that asks to receive this with joyful obedience and humble adoration. And thank you for being here on this really cold morning.